I just want us to pray as we, as I share something I feel is really important uh, today. I want to welcome in all our campuses today. So why don't we give a chair to each of the campuses and a clap, if you don't mind, team. When wait, hold on, hold on. I haven't mentioned anything yet. All right. So first up, Church Unlimited, Sydney. All right. Church Unlimited, Rotorua. Church Unlimited City, Whangarei, Kaitaia, and West. <laughs> yeah, great. It's so good to have everybody on board today, especially as I share this message, uh, uh, which I feel is, is so important. I just want us to pray first. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here in this place. We've spoken and sung about the God of miracles. Lord, let them not be empty words, but let them be words that we truly believe that you are a God of miracles, and that, Lord, miracles take place all the time and every day, and Lord, in, in, in the body of Christ and in your people. And Father, I pray that even before this service is out, be those here today that will receive a miracle, receive a breakthrough, will hear your voice, will know your presence, will encounter you, that, Lord, something uh, significant will impact their lives. Lord, so it's not just a religious service. Tick the box, oh, I was in church. No, God, we wanna meet with you. And we know that you want to meet with us more than we wanna meet with you. So Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you. We open our minds, our spirits. Lord, we open the door, as it were, into our lives and say, Holy Spirit, come and do a work. Do a work in each of us that only you can do. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share what is a really fresh direction for us as a church today. And uh, the title of the message is How Our Way of Life. Our Way of Life. And so, this direction we feel is from God. We believe it is God breathed. And, uh, you know, all the campuses are going to be on board with us. So, what I'm going to do today and I've done this with Team Unlimited, is share eight cultures that I feel will define us moving forward into the future of what God wants Church Unlimited to be, how we live. Now, all these cultures do exist already to a measure, but we need them, and I want them to greatly increase in our lives. I believe you'll really enjoy these cultures. In fact, at the end of the service, you're gonna get this lovely magnet, all right, it's got the eight cultures on it, and uh, to be able to take it home, I've already got mine on the fridge, and oh man, they, they are, I feel, really encouraging and inspiring. So the cultures, important reason for this is they'll give you clear language as to um, who we are. Um, and so when people ask you, what is Church Unlimited like? Tell me a bit about that church. You can refer to the cultures. I hope you'll have memorized them and have them in your heart so you can tell people about them. And knowing what the cultures are, you know, one of the things it's gonna do, it's gonna help us to move forward together. Yeah. Move forward in unity. And you're gonna, I'm gonna share a few things about culture to start with so that you realize how important culture is. Actually, culture is all important. Um, more important than we realize. So every church has a culture. And essentially, it's really the sum total of what each of us is like. Because every Sunday when you come, or any meeting you come to, you bring a culture with you. Yeah. You bring who you are with you. So we put all those cultures together, 
and then you have the culture of the church. Here's a challenging question to ask yourself. What would Church Unlimited be like if everyone was like me? Hey? <laughs> eh? If everyone was like you, what, what would Church what, Would it be a, on fire? <laughs> would it just be so loving? Uh, what would it be? It's a really good question, isn't it? And so ask the person next to you, what would it be like mm, if everyone's like you? Mm. Oh dear, said some of us. Oh no, said others. <laughs> so we all, the point is this, we all contribute to the culture. You might say, I'm not really interested in culture. Hey, you are interested because you contribute to it every day you come. Every time you're in a church, you are contributing to our culture because you bring yourself with you. So we're all important. So if the culture is healthy, people will love being here. So they're going to come and they're going to think, oh, wow, this is an awesome place. I want to be here. If the culture is not very good, people visit and they don't return because they thought I didn't really like, that didn't feel quite what I want in my life or just didn't feel that great. So culture is actually massive. Now culture is the reason you like shopping in some shops and not in others. So you like going to a shop where they're warm and friendly, you know, where they're very helpful, they don't avoid you, they don't ask you too many questions, they don't push you to buy, you know, they smile at you and they, you know, they, they look like they wanna, they want you in the place. And it's easy to return goods to those places. You know, they don't make it difficult, do they? That's culture. You like it. You have your favorite cafe, don't you? Those of you who go to cafes. <laughs> you have your, but it's not always just the food, is it? Or just how good the coffee is. It's how good are the people serving you? What are they like? Do they smile? Are they, are they helpful? Are they friendly? Is, it, is your food served hot? Or is it cold? What, what is it? You know, how many of you know some waiters are really friendly and some are terrible? That's culture. And see, culture is just so important because it determines how much you're going to want to be in a place or not. In fact, every home has a culture. Your home has a culture. So a healthy, healthy culture, I've written down a few things here, um, has a peaceful atmosphere. Kind words are spoken in your home. It's loving. People smile at each other. <clears throat> yes, they do. There's not too much conflict, maybe a little from time to time. That's okay. Uh, the dishes are done. The bed is made. The lawns have been cut. It's gone very quiet at West. I don't know about other campuses. We're in trouble right now. It's culture. Yeah. Some houses you love to go in, they feel good. Yeah. Others you think, mm. <laughs> actually you get someone to ring you quickly and say, oh, I've just got to leave now. Got to have some tricks of the trade of how to get out of difficult situations. <laughs> All right, so a great culture and a church becomes attractive to the community. Now, now, some of you are wondering, why do I keep taking these glasses? I've had to explain this to Team Unlimited. I'll explain it to you as well. I've just had eye surgery. I've got my cataracts done, some floaters done as well. All right, so, but it takes a month for your eyes to settle down so you can get your proper glasses. In the meantime, I said, well, what do I do to read and to see? They said, go to the $2 shop and buy reading glasses. I said, hold on a minute. You mean $2? can give me the right glasses for my eyesight, but when I get the proper glasses, you want $1,500. <laughs> I 
I said, can you please explain how you go from $2, I'm an Indian, I want to know, give me the details. How do you get to 1,500? I still can't work it out. These actually do the job, $2. Those of you who need glasses, forget the optician, go to the $2 shop, get the job done, we're out of here. Without a word of a lie, $2. You know what I did? I bought four pairs. <laughs> I couldn't resist the bargain. All right, culture. See, with a great culture, the church becomes attractive to the community. There's a lady turned up in our church a while ago. She came to watch one of the kids perform on this, in, the, in the service. And she made it clear a little while later, she said, well, I'm not actually that interested in your faith. But he said, I want to be a part of this community. She liked the culture. So we're doing all right. But I think we can do a lot better. All right? I think we can keep improving on this. So just a few thoughts about culture here is culture is invisible. You can't see it, but boy, it's important. It's vital. It's essential to the future. And a bad culture will consistently undermine an amazing vision, a you know, great vision. In fact, Peter Drucker put it this way, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You can have great strategy or else culture trumps vision and goals. And I think churches so long, including ourselves, we're focused on strategy, we're focused on vision, and all that kind of thing. But forgetting that culture is actually a real key. You've got to have both, but culture is a real key to seeing the vision actually outworked. See, vision determines your destination. This is where we're going. New Zealand to be saved. Culture gives us how we're going to get there. These are the things we need to do in order to see the vision fulfilled. So vision says, I have a dream. <laughs> Culture says, this is how we march. This is our way of life. This is how we do it. This is how we're going to get the vision fulfilled in our church. Vision is about one day. One day, New Zealand's going to turn to Jesus. Great. But culture happens every day. And people need to know what to do every day. These cultures are going to help us to see the vision ultimately fulfilled. This is how we march. Vision is described. You can describe the vision, but culture is modeled. Culture is modeled. See, vision can't be demonstrated. New Zealand will be saved because it's not a reality yet. So you can't demonstrate it. Culture can be. See, culture you can do today. You can do every day. So really, culture helps you feel you're moving towards the vision because vision can just be out there, way out there, you know, and you just forget about it. But if you're working on your vision that's leading you on, on your culture, it's leading you to your vision. So I want to, culture has to be modeled by everybody. So just tell the person next to you, you have to model the culture. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we're all a part of this. Can't leave it to a few people. So we're gonna, we've got eight cultures. We had this team from across campuses, which is great, uh, got together and uh, we, we got an idea of what the cultures were and they put the wording together and I think you're going to see they did an, a fabulous, fabulous job of what these cultures are and some of the words are just awesome. I want to say this, that I believe these cultures are an essential foundation to everything God wants to do in Church Unlimited. Right. You know, you can keep growing and expanding and all the rest of it, 
but you've got to have a, a great foundation to build upon. So the foundation is solid, and it can, it can uphold the vision. You know, one of the challenges with uh, life is in, in Christianity is to go up, you've got to go down. You've got to go down in God. You've got to go down in your relationship with Him. You've got to go down in your character in order that you can go up. So when you go up, you can hand the, handle the headwinds that come with it. So culture is really important. So here we go. You ready? Yes. Ready. Culture number one. Coming up. You won't be surprised. Prayer is our priority. We fully depend on God. Mark eleven seventeen is not written. My house shall be called a house of prayer um, for all nations. So from the very beginning, from the early day, 30 years ago when I came to Church Unlimited, I always had the sense that Church Unlimited would be built on prayer and fasting. Aren't you glad I added that bit? Because I knew someone's going to yell out and say, what about fasting? Well, I thought I'd put it in just before you did that. It's built on prayer. And uh, I think it's so important. So we want a culture, uh, in this culture, prayer is a priority for everyone in Church Unlimited. Yeah. Every one of us. So you bring the culture of prayer every meeting that you come to. You're praying up. Some of you are praying now, which is fantastic. Because why? You're bringing the culture of prayer. And so that's what God's house was always meant to be. So we build our lives on prayer. And prayer basically is acknowledging that we fully depend on God. See, the level to which you pray is your acknowledgement to God that you depend on Him. Level to which you don't pray is saying, hey, God, I can do this myself. My own energy is enough. I can get the job done. Sorry, folks. The flesh profits nothing. You will get no job done. Not one that is of real worth and value to God. So here's my way I think. Pray as if everything depends on God. But work as if everything depends on you. Pray hard, work hard. Let's say that together. Pray hard, work hard. Say it again. Pray hard, work hard. Put those two together. Wow, you're going to see something happen. So, you know, we started here 30 odd years ago, 100 people. It wasn't great, it was a reasonable church. But what we did is we added a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting. And with that, God's done beyond what I would have ever imagined. Large church, campuses, Number of auditoriums, you know, it's good to have one. We've got numbers across campuses. Thousands have been saved, New Zealand and beyond, UK and beyond, Cambodia, Romania, TV, radio, magazine, on and I can go on and on. Here's the point, friends. If you add a lot of prayer to your life, watch what God will do. You will excel way beyond anything you imagine. There's more to your life than what currently shows. But to see that more, you've got to start praying. You've got to start crying out to God. You've got to start fasting and you will go into an exponential area of achievement and accomplishment. Only prayer can change lives. Nothing else will do. Only prayer can change a community or a nation. Well-run services will never do it. <laughs> you've got to add that prayer dimension into all of this. So that's culture number one. We're ready for culture number two. Here we go. The Holy Spirit is our power. Mm. We have daily access to the presence and power of God. Zechariah 4 verse 6, you know it well, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Listen carefully. In Church Unlimited, we understand and we have a culture that the Christian life can only be lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done with human effort. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. One of them is patience or long-suffering. 
Some of you are trying in human effort. I'm gonna be long suffering with that situation and you collapse. Some of you count to 10, some of you to 100, others you need to count to 1,000 because you can't be long suffering in your own energy. You can't be patient. How can you be patient? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Okay, it's not the fruit of human effort. So we've got, to, uh, we've got to understand that. Now I've got a bit of an a, um, illustration here. Remember our oar? Remember if you're rowing? I've never been into rowing, although I was an Olympic champion well, years ago, but I don't want anyone to know about that to keep me humble. Stay humble. But anyway, you know, if you, you got in a boat and you're rowing away, okay? So if you row with one oar, what happens? This is a human effort. You know, your own skill, your ability, your charisma, your leadership. You got all of that and you run away. You're going to go round and round and round in circles. You don't get anywhere. Right? You gotta add the second law. What's the second law? Is the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's your effort, yes, but empowered by the Spirit of God. You put those two laws together, man, you're gonna make real progress and move forward and accomplish the things that God has got for you. You've got to add the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. That's the culture of Church Unlimited. We're not in Church Unlimited. We're not striving, stressing, struggling, battling, pushing, shoving to move forward. No, we're trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are relaxed. Tell the person next to you, relax. Yeah. <laughs> All the human effort. You know, we, sometimes we just try so hard to do it, eh? But it just doesn't work. You know, if you work in the human effort, if you don't pull into this second culture, you will end up exhausted and you will burn out. It's just the way it happens, you don't, but you don't need to go down that track. But in this culture, we also want a, a culture where the supernatural is a signature of our lives. That we all have the sig- su- supernatural. So when someone asks you for a testimony, say, tell me what God's done for your life. You don't say 10 years ago, God. You don't say five years ago. You don't even say a year ago. You don't say three weeks ago. You say yesterday or today, God worked this miracle in my life. We all have an up-to-date testimony because miracles are the signature of our lives and we depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're not got testimonies, we have become very religious. People out there want to know, you wanna reach lost people, they wanna know what victories have you really won. Tell me where God has shown up in your life. Give me some proof that He is real. So that's why we need this one. I read the story of this uh, man. 22 years ago, he got what they call Eagle Syndrome. He was a song leader, so it means he couldn't sing it properly anymore because his vocal cords were damaged. One day he's in a service and a woman leans over to him and says, man, you've got a great voice. That moment he realized, totally healed by the power of Almighty God. That's the kind of testimonies, friends, we wanna be hearing all the time. So please do send us your testimonies into prayer at Church Unlimited or something like that. You know what it is. (laughs) I don't have to send them and I I receive them. All right, okay. So these are the cultures that we are focusing on today. All right, I wanna go to the next culture. Before I do, fasten your seatbelts. Could be a bit of turbulence in the next one. It's a great one, you're gonna love it, but it's it's probably one of the biggest challenges the Church of Jesus Christ faces today and that is people are our passion. We all love and care for one another. Listen to these couple of scriptures, friends, so powerful. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another. Mm -hmm. Forgiving each other. So when you come, you bring a culture of forgiveness. There's no one that's around that you have not forgiven. That's the culture that we bring. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Remember, he's forgiven you. You need to forgive. We need to go. John 13, 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How about that for a culture? We just love and care for each other. Who reckons that's not a bad culture? Yeah. Uh, six of us. <laughs> okay. There's going to be a few more of us by the end of this. Okay. It's a great culture, isn't it, friends, that we have. And so we want a culture of love and acceptance so, so great in this, so powerful in our churches that when anyone works into, walks into church unlimited meeting, they think, wow, they just feel the love. They feel the acceptance. It's just, it's just in the air. You can't see it. It's just there. <laughs> now, you know this one is a real big challenge for all of us, but we need to keep developing on that. I wonder which campus is the best on loving and caring for one another. Is it Kaitaia, Whangarei, City West, Rotorua, Sydney, even maybe it's Tuvalu. Did I miss anyone? No, I think that's all of them. Uh, you, uh, West? Yeah, all of us. I wonder which, we should make it a competition, shouldn't we? Listen to the statement that I read a while ago, which I think is just so important. <laughs> Unconditional love and acceptance is the essential foundation for transformation. Unconditional love and acceptance is the essential foundation for transformation. While we're yet sinners, God loved us unconditionally. Do you know what changed me? God's unconditional love and acceptance. He didn't say, Tark, change first, then I'll love and accept you. His love and acceptance absolutely changed and transformed my life. And friends, that's what the church needs to be. This love, this great acceptance of one another. Sadly, the church is seen by many in the unbelieving world as overly judgmental and condemning and not always a safe place. And so they don't readily listen to us, but we're gonna change that. We will change it by creating a safe place where there's love, there's acceptance of one another. We must do it. You know, someone said to me just last week, I was chatting away to someone, they, you know, they said, they said, look, I believe, not personal respect, they said, I believe the greatest move of God we need in the church is a move of love. And I thought, oh, wow. Gee, that's it, yeah, power as well. We need power as well. well. I think we need the power to do the love, actually. But a move of love, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Just a move of love. By, why? By this, when you have love for one another, by this, the world will know <laughs> that we are the disciples of Jesus. As I said, this is a real challenging one, but I think it's a really important one. So can I encourage you, never hurt anyone with your words or deeds. Just make a decision. You're just not gonna do it. You're just not gonna hurt anybody with your, you're probably gonna slip up occasionally, but try your best, because I think we all do, but that you're not gonna do it. And when you come to church, come with a culture of love. Come ready to love other people. Are you getting excited about this? Or this is a bit challenging, isn't it? Yeah, come with an excite. So leave grumpy at home. Leave, in fact, leave the three Gs at home. Leave grumpy, gossip, and grouch at home. Amen? Come on. Leave grumpy, gossip, and grouch at home, and that will revolutionise the church, and the world will know we are His disciples, and revival won't be far away. Maybe the greatest key to revival is love. 
It's a love gospel, isn't it? So let's do those things and have this healthy culture. In this, this culture, one more thing I wanna say is that in this culture, people are our priority more than what they do for us. It's not just what you can do for the church. We're more interested in you as a person than what you do. You know, and I've often said to different leaders, you're more important than your ministry to me. People who are struggling, and they say, well, what if I stop doing that? I said, look, you're more important. If you have to stop doing it, stop doing it. That's fine. People have to be the priority. We don't wanna use people, friends. People know when you're using them, and some of you may feel that. Forgive us if you feel that. We want you to be the priority. You are more important than what you do. All right, just let's try. So let's have that culture. Those of you who have volunteers around you, remember the volunteer, that person is more important than what they actually do for you. All right, let's keep that going. Okay, that's number whatever. So here's our three cultures. Can you repeat them with me? Are you ready? Let's go. It should come up on the screen there. Here it is. Prayer is our priority. Holy Spirit is our power. People are our passion. Are we doing all right so far? Do you like these cultures? You all right? Okay. Well, we're going to keep going anyway. So we're heading down to number four. They, get, they don't take so long as we get further down, all right? So beyond is our purpose. We carry the message of hope every year. What a great culture. We're not just caught up in ourselves. We're not just caught up inside the four walls. You know, our concern is those who are not inside the four walls. Yeah. Beyond is our purpose. Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. So let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Now, I read this, I was told this recently by someone who surveyed this, and they said that the, the keys, is two keys for someone to be saved. Listen carefully. Number one is, do they know a Christian? Hmm. I think a lot of Christians, a lot of non-Christians don't know a Christian. But not only that, the other key is, do they know a Christian they can trust? Wow, I think some of them know Christians they can't trust but do they know a Christian they can trust? You be the Christian that the non-believers in your world can trust. Hey, wouldn't that be awesome to do that? And uh, to, so, so in this culture, we all have the names of non-Christians on our phone list that we occasionally contact and ring because we exist for those outside the four walls. Those who don't yet know Christ. Uh, you know, uh, a few times a year, and there's one coming up very shortly, I get together with the uh, Grammar Old Boys, Auckland Grammar School Old Boys, the best school in the country still is, I'm sure. Anyway, well, it was when I was there. Maybe it's not so good now. But uh, Auckland, Auckland Boys Grammar School. So we get together, there's about, you know, six, 10, 12 dozen of us together. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I go there specifically so that they know a Christian and hopefully one that they can trust. And uh, you know, they have their, their alcohol and all the rest of it. And of course, I'm different. So they have their light alcohol and I, I just have my whiskey. <laughs> no, I don't. He said, no, I don't. I have my sugar-free Coke. Okay, sugar-free. Tell the person next to you, sugar-free. Yeah, really important. Hey, but look, I have to put up with some unsavory language, some jokes that I kind of, want to flinch at, but they need to know a Christian, and they need to know one they can trust. I must admit, I'm yet to pay the bill for all of them, but maybe that's, someone give me some money, I might do that next time I'm there. Has anyone got a spare $500? Just, just let me know. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do, eh? Just pay the bill for everybody. Mm. 
forget it, I'm not going to be doing it. But I think it's a good idea for some of you to do it when you're out with non-Christians, all right? <laughs> These cultures reflect what I think every church should be like. Not just our church. I think they're reflective of all churches. Let's go to the next one. Ah, here's a good one. Serving is our privilege. Say that with me. Serving is our privilege. You should have said privilege really loud. Privilege. We all have a place and purpose in this family. Ephesians 4.16, you know it. From whom the whole body joined knit together from what every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So with this culture, uh, everyone who's a part of ch this church family serves. We all, we all, do, we all do the dishes. I don't know why Sam said yep on that point, but uh, <coughs> the master of dishes, I've noticed. Anyway, moving along, moving along. We all do the dishes, amen? We all do the dishes, we're all contributors, not just consumers, not just consumers. We contribute. We all do our share, not 30% doing most of the work. We all do our part. And uh, you know, it's for our own good because the more you pour out, the more God pours in. Yes. It's the bottom line. If you, you, want to, you're, you want to go to another level in your walk with God, pour out some more and God will pour into you. It's just a basic principle, a really powerful one, and it really works. So in this culture, uh, serving is our privilege, not our burden. From the time I was saved, I can honestly say, being permitted to serve God was a privilege. It was an honor to partner with God and His mission for the world. It's like, whoopee, wow, really God? Can, can, can I be a part of that? Yes, you can. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It's, if it's, it's not a burden. Well, it shouldn't be a burden. I mean, occasionally it gets tough because you've got to turn up for your roster when you'd rather not be there, but all that sort of stuff. But overall, it is a privilege and a great honor. That's the kind of culture I want in Church Unlimited. And can I say this? You know, we do people, listen carefully, an enormous favor when we encourage them to use their gifts to serve God. It is a massive favor you're doing them. Never, ever feel bad about encouraging someone, inspiring someone, stirring someone to serve God. Because I'll tell you why, one day they're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for how they use the gifts that God had given them. Someone once said to me, if you've not done that well, it's going to be one of the most terrifying moments in your life. That's a person who's had a vision of the judgment seat of Christ. You don't want to get there, friends, when you haven't fully used your gifts for the glory of God. So please, do not feel ashamed. Do not be embarrassed. Encourage. You all know people who are not serving. Come on, why don't you make a target to get one or two of those people on board and do them one of the greatest blessings and services you could ever do them. All right, we're getting towards the end, but number, whatever it is, I think six, the Bible is our foundation. So this is a great one, isn't it? So we build our lives on the authority of God's word. All scripture is inspired by God, useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. So in this culture, we are people who read the Bible daily. We read the Bible, everyone say daily. And not just for one minute or two minutes, more. We read it daily, but we don't just read it, we do what it says. 
Thank you for that excited response there. Okay, so we build out in this culture, you know, we all understand that this is the essential foundation for our lives. We build our houses upon the rock. When the storms come, we're gonna stand strong. We're not gonna be knocked out because Church Unlimited has a culture where the Bible is our foundation. We build our lives on the authority of God's Word. We exalt this book to the highest place. We magnify it. To, it, to where it should be in our lives and in our church. Friends, this is so important. When God moves, as He is moving, as revival comes, as the Spirit is poured out, we've got to be founded upon this book so we don't go into deception. So we don't go into false teaching. We don't get misled left, right, and center. But we build our lives upon the rock, which is God's Word. And so we believe that all Scripture is inspired by God. We believe in the inerrancy of the Bible. It's without error. We do not edit the Bible. Removing parts we don't like. We do not edit the Bible at Church Unlimited. That's one of our cultures. We preach the good parts, the bad parts, the in-between parts. Our messages are not all sugar and candy. Occasionally they, ah, it's good. We need it. All right. So the Bible is our foundation. The next culture that we have. Hey, let's repeat these cultures. How far have we got? Here they come on your screen. Let's go. Take, say it together with me. Prayer is our priority. Holy Spirit is our power. People are our passion. Is our purpose. Serving is our privilege. The Bible is our foundation. And discipleship is our heart. We intentionally grow closer to God with others. Acts 2.42, you can read it in your own time, but all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So in this culture, we are growing in our walk with God. And we grow in connection with others. No man is an island. No one is an island, friends. You see, we ought to be connected in a small group or a serving group or somewhere connected with one another. But what a fantastic culture. When people ask you, what, church, what is Church Unlimited like? You say, everybody is growing in their walk with God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Wouldn't you all, we'd all love that. So that's, I think there's a really important culture. You know, um, many, many people in church have heard hundreds of sermons, thousands, but not growing in their walk with God. I hope there's none of you that I'm talking about because you'll never grow as God attended just by turning up to meetings. Mm. Won't do it, friends. Yeah. You think, yeah, I got all the meetings. You won't grow just by being in meetings. You've got to be connected. There's got to yes. be discipleship. There's got to be a learning from one another. We grow, we, others help us grow, and we help others grow. It's a part of our responsibility. We, we all need to be in community. Everyone say in community. All right, here's the last one. Together we are stronger. Wow, love this. We are champions for unity. Psalm 133, one to three, how good and pleasant for brothers to dwell together in unity. There the Lord commanded blessing. So I want every campus, all our campuses, please, to be known as champions for unity in the body of Christ in two areas. All right, firstly, within Church Unlimited. You see, I want all of us to say together, I am a champion for unity in Church Unlimited. Come on, let's go. I am a champion for unity in Church Unlimited. Say it again. I am a champion for unity in Church Unlimited. Let me tell you a fantastic decision for you to make. You ready for this? Make this decision and say to yourself these few simple words, I will never be the cause of disunity. Come on, let's say it together. I will never be the cause of disunity. Say it again. I will never be the cause of disunity. Friends, we know that unity is a big number in the body of Christ. 
We have thousands of denominations, churches, all the rest, but why? Because they can't get on with each other. And I'm not saying they're all wrong, but it's always been the bigger, one of the biggest struggles in the church. And we are champions for unity. The second area we're going to be champions for is unity in the whole body of Christ. Unity among churches. All right. Our eight cultures. One last time and we're done. Prayer is our priority. Pro- power. People are our passion. Beyond is our purpose. Serving is our privilege. The Bible is our foundation. Disciple is our heart. Together we are stronger. Wow. Folks, these are days of great glory and power that are ahead of us. And these cultures give us a strong foundation, I believe, upon which to build Church Unlimited. Together, each of us bring culture. We can build a church with a healthy culture that we all enjoy being a part of and will be attractive to a lost world. So, friends, let's unite together and let's establish these eight amazing cultures in Church Unlimited and watch what God will do moving forward. Thank you, campuses, for joining with us today. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your service.